Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Today's guest is an American children's fiction author. She has published over 25 novels, including Because of Winn-Dixie, The Tiger Rising, The Tale of Despero, The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane, The Magician's Elephant, and the Mercy Watson series. Her books have sold around 37 million copies, four have been developed into films, and two have been adapted into musical settings. Her works have won various awards. The Tale of Despero and Flora and Ulysses won the Newbery Medal, making DiCamillo one of six authors to have won two Newbery Medals. Her newest book to film adaptation, The Magician's Elephant, is on Netflix today. Please welcome Kate DiCamillo. Hi, Kate. Hi, how are you? Good. You are very accomplished. I'm very excited to be speaking with you. (laughs) Well, I listened to you reading all that out and thought, wow, who's that? So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's funny what our own heads think of ourselves and when we uh, versus when other people are talking about our accomplishments, right? Right. No. And I just think of myself as a, a little chipmunk who's sitting here writing stories. So. Well, you are so much more. So give us an, a, a small synopsis of the story, The Magician's Elephant. So it um, begins with uh, a boy who um, visits a fortune teller and gets to ask one question. And the question that he asks is, uh, is his sister alive? He's lost his sister. And then what happens, the fortune teller tells him he must follow the elephant to get the answer. And uh, an elephant comes crashing through the roof of an opera house. So that's how it begins. And it's the story of Peter looking for his sister and uh, the story of impossible things becoming possible. I love that. So I've only seen the film. I have not read the book. My son isn't quite the right age yet to read your books. Um, Is the film any different from the book, in your opinion? The film is different than the book. Um, Every film is always different than the book. They're they're different art forms, so they have different demands on them. Um, The the differences here um, only deepen the original story. Um, it, when, you know, when Peter, uh, has to do those three impossible tasks in the movie, that's not in the book, but it, it plays beautifully to the themes of the book, um, of the impossible becoming possible. That's amazing. Um, so, so you grew up sickly as a child, correct? Correct. correct. Okay. How has this affected the stories that you write? Cause I imagine writing for children, you're probably drawing from your own experience to some extent. Oh, that's, that's a, a really good way to put it. And it's funny because I, I, 
I talk about being sick as a kid often, but I don't get asked questions about it. And, you know, when I think about it, it's like, I don't know that I would be a writer without that sickly childhood. So it's, it's one of those things where it was a hard thing, but it gave me uh, a, a real gift and that I learned um, the power of story. I spent so much time alone um, that I learned the, you know, all the comfort there was to be had in a book, but also um, that thing of telling stories. And, and I think that if you go back and read a, a lot, a lot of people who became writers were sickly children. I, I don't think it is an accident. That's interesting. What an interesting perspective that, yeah, I mean, it would make sense because you're so, like you said, kind of isolated. Uh, you're, you're not out playing with other kids. It's very much your own imagination. I mean, I'm an only child, so I had myself to play with and it was, that sounds terrible, but, uh, <laughs> you know, all I, I was so in my head and so imaginative. I am not a writer, but I am a creative in some to some extent. So I guess that it would make sense that children that are kind of um, yeah, it's one. And, and it's also like, you know, when I when I talk to kids about that, about being sick as a kid and also that my father left the family early when I was a kid, those things are hard things. Right. Um, yes. But they give you something and that's something that you don't see when you're living it but you can see it when you come out the other side of it you know it's it is it becomes a gift do you find that this is not in my questions but do you find that facing that adversity as a child is really influenced all of your different stories in terms of adversity and and children facing maybe things that are a little more difficult than usual on a on a kid Absolutely. And also that thing of, um, I was always frustrated as a kid when, um, everything ended up absolutely perfectly in a story because (laughs) it didn't reflect the life that I was living. And so I feel like to write the stories is to tell the truth about how hard things are and also to tell the truth that things will be okay. Life is, life is really difficult. Life is really beautiful. That's that's what the stories are for, to comfort us and and to illuminate and to um, and to tell us that things will be okay, but not to lie to us. That's a beautiful perspective. Um, So this kind of touches on that, but many of your stories have a theme of someone who is alone and has to survive on their own, undergoing suffering and loneliness and uh, the Disney loved theme of an absent or dead parent. And obviously the magician's elephant is no different. Why do you think so much of children's writing has this theme that dates back to kind of Victorian or Edwardian Edwardian, excuse me, eras. Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, (laughs) I remember in a writing group that I was in, um, somebody said, it's just, it's just a logistical thing. And it's an interesting way to look at it that, because if you get the parents uh, out of the way, as it were, you give, you give the kids agency, right? Um, And so, and that's, that is true. But I can't, I can't answer it in the larger sense. I can only answer it for myself and that, you know, 
back to the, my, my father leaving, it's just like that made a really profound impact on me when you're a kid and a parent leaves uh, and you don't know why, and you don't understand it. Um, then that, you know, so I'm working through that single parent theme in almost every um, story that I tell. And, and, you know, not that writing is therapy, but it has been very therapeutic for me. So I, I always chalked it up, especially in the, in the Disney example, I always chalked it up to, it's basically the most severe thing a child would have to face. Oh, sure. Yeah. You're exactly right. It's the most terrifying thing of all, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Like if, if you lose your parents, how are you going to survive in the world? Yeah. 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 Uh, well, um, many of your protagonists have this. Um, I'll do it all on my own kind of spunk. How do you find Peter reflecting this in this story? Um, Peter. Wow. And this again, this is like we can talk about the book and we can talk about the movie and how the I, I was doing um, a press junket with uh, Wendy Rogers and Julia Pister, who producer director of this movie. And I, I said to them, there's that moment in the movie when um, Peter does the first of the impossible tasks for the King. And he steps out into a literal arena. Um, and um, you see this, this shot of this, how small he is and, and how enormous the arena is. And that's the way it always feels like to be a kid, right? It's just like you, the world is massive you've been tasked with something that seems impossible and, and you're going to, so it, it, that, that moment for Peter in the movie is also the moment in the book, although it doesn't get, you know, it's not visually the same. It's still the same feeling. He's got, it's, it's this thing of, wow, I cannot do this thing that is so impossible, but yet, I will because I want to find my sister. So when you write a book, do you see a celebrity playing it in your mind as you write? Um, you have such a this all-star cast voicing these character. We we have uh, these characters. We have Mandy Patinkin, who just who doesn't love Mandy Patinkin, right. uh, Miranda Richardson, who's a British goddess, Cian Clifford um, from Fleabag, Cree Summer, who's one of those faces and voices of our childhood, just to name a few. So how is it hearing these characters come to life for you? Oh, it's, it's utterly divine. I mean, and like when I'm, you know, the whole experience, like when I'm writing, it's all the way back to us at the beginning um, you know, the little chipmunk it, it, typing away in there and, and, and like trying to tell a story well and true to have it turn into something as beautiful as this movie, to hear those voices, I would never dare to dream that big. I just think, okay, let me tell this story as well and truthfully as I can. And then these miraculous things come along and happen because this is a gorgeous gorgeous movie not only with the voices but visually it's just stunning and it, it is. has a real emotional heart to it that just um kind of knocks me over so um so i read 
and we're very into this here at Momtrage. I read that you received 473 rejection letters before getting your first book published. And that is like so unbelievably relatable to Carrie and I on so many levels as artists, as moms, as women who have their own business. How and what kept you pushing on even after 472? Like how, how did you keep at it? Well, you know, so many people would bow out, you know, I have, um, I, you know, back in the day, I I had a PowerPoint presentation that I would do um, uh, in schools with kids. And I would talk about, okay, so now, you know, after you've written a story and and you send it out into the world, what do you get back? And kids always say money. And I go, no, 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 no. The, the you get rejection letters, and then I make them guess how many rejection letters. And it's so funny because I have never had a kid. You know, they're they're in a it, there's a group of them. They're encouraging each other, yelling. They go they go as high as they they, they go fifty. They they <laughs> never. And then that number comes up on the screen, four hundred seventy three, and there's just kind of like crickets it for a minute and then they go wild. And, and I always say to them, every time this number comes up on the screen behind me, I think the same thing, you know, which is what if I'd given up at 471, I wouldn't be standing here talking to you. Um, None of this would have happened. And, and what, what made me keep on going? I, I don't, I don't know. I think it's, you know, I, I knew for a long time that I wanted to write. Um, and I didn't start writing until I was 30. It took me a long time to actually sit time down and do the work. And by the time I sat down to do it, I understood that it all just depended on me. I couldn't make myself talented. I couldn't make myself lucky, but I could make myself do the work and be persistent about putting the work out in the world. And, and that was the only thing I could control. So I just wasn't going to give up, you know. I think that's such an important lesson to teach children. I mean, one of the things I'm trying to instill in my son right now is if you want something, he really wanted to be student of the month. And I said, if you want that, tell your teacher, hey, what do I have to do to be student of the month? People can't read your mind. They don't know that you want something. And and resilience is the next step in that lesson for a child. So that's awesome that you're, that's one of the things that you're teaching them. Um, yes. Okay. Sorry. Go no, ahead. go ahead, please. No, it's just, it's, it's fascinating because, um, they don't, uh, you know, there, there's another point in that PowerPoint where I, where I talk about all the time that I spent wanting to do this thing and not doing it. And I say to them, it's, it's actually easier to do something than it is to want to do something and yep. that that takes a long time to get that into your head but it's easier actually to do the work than it is to to just dream you know i i had a, a career change in my life and i did it you know in my late 20s as well and i can't i i could not agree with you more it really is Harder to not do it than to do it. And yeah. and um, the, just you feel better when you at least pursue it. Even if you're rejected, you feel better. You feel like you're at least chasing what you really want. Yep, absolutely. 
So do you yourself like children? Like Carrie and I are still very much on the fence, uh, even (laughs) though we are mothers. And I feel like we have to um, know that knowing that we have a mom show, uh, we still put that out there. We want to be honest with people. So as a children's book author, you must feel the same. I would assume you feel the same pressure that we feel in being like, oh, children are the best um, because kind of your career is geared towards that. Well, this is like one of the great um, wonders and gifts of doing this was, you know, like when um, the very first book came out, which was because of Winn-Dixie and I started to do um, school visits where I would go in and talk to the kids. I was like, wow, (laughs) this is lucky. I love kids. And, and, and be, I don't know, I'm short, uh, and, uh, and loud and irreverent and they, uh, like there's this wonderful thing that happens where they trust me. Um, maybe because I'm short, maybe because (laughs) I'm loud, I don't know, but it, it is a wonderful, wonderful gift of the whole thing to find out how. I think about this one kid that came through a signing line once and he was leaning on me as I was signing his book and his mother said, don't lean on her. And he said, it's okay, mom, she knows me. And I'd never met the kid and he'd never met me, but we do know each other because of the books. And that is like been the great gift of doing this, you know, it must be very healing in its own ways as well. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, it was so beautiful meeting you, uh, discussing the book, the film. Uh, when my son's a little bit older, we'll read the book together. It's it's really been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. I super, super enjoyed it. Thank you, Ashley. Thanks. Thank you. And everybody, make sure you're watching The Magician's Elephant on Netflix today. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or MamaDramaBand.com.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.